Creative Connectors, a podcast for curious minds. My name's Vicky Keeler, and I'll be chatting to the makers and creators who aim to connect and inspire through the platform of festivals. We'll be delving into how they show up in the world, why they do what they do, their journey, inspiration, and everything in between. So sit back and enjoy the chat, because who knows where these conversations are going to go. And if this is your kind of podcast, please subscribe, follow, share with friends and get involved and give some feedback. Recording. In today's episode, I'm going to be speaking to Melissa Carey. She is a multidisciplinary artist. So thank you for coming on and having a chat, Melissa. Thanks so much for having me. I'd like to kick off with you explaining to our audience a little bit about your art because I know you do lots of different types of things so maybe you could (laughs) give them some insights into your creative endeavors. Yes well I love to do lots of different things I get bored easy so my main practice is sculpture and art installations which I create for lots of different events and uh, have private commissions, um, public spaces, festivals, things like that. And I also love using like soft materials, textiles and weaving. And I love drawing and painting. So I, I do a bit of everything, to be honest. All uh, the things. Yeah. <laughs> and where did your relationship with art begin were you someone who was very artistic as a child were you influenced by your parents like how did that formulate I was obsessed with doing art and drawing and painting all as a kid and I just used to bring all of my drawing into every class in high school and I'd be (laughs) cheekily drawing in in the you know in the corner while I was learning and it just really helped me you know get through kind of my childhood just to have that real creative outlet and Mm. to be channeling you know everything into my art and just really helped me get through that time so yeah always been making art and doing little building little things with my hands and yeah just loved it from a young age and so from that young age, were you like, that's my dream, I'm going to be an artist, I'm all in, that's all I'm going to do? <laughs> well, I actually was thinking about two career paths. I was either going to be a nurse or an mm, artist. They very different. Cho- yeah, choices. And I failed all of my TE in <laughs> high school. Wasn't, I uh, didn't meet the mark. And so I was reassessing and I just decided that I really wanted to follow art, study art Mm -hmm. anyway. And so I decided to study visual art and craft course at TAFE in Perth, which is an incredible uh, course. And they have amazing facilities for artists there to learn like a lot of skills, a lot of different skill sets related to different art practices. And so it was an incredible experience and our lecturers were full-time professional artists that were just really passionate about sharing their skills. Oh, wow, that's quite unique. Yeah, that was incredible to be, you know, have these really inspiring mentors that were Mm. full-time artists so that I could, yeah, see what it was like already. Yeah. 
And so that's where my my journey began. And I also just, when I went to art school, as I call it, I felt like I finally found my tribe because, nice. you know, in because as a creative, I think differently uh, to mainstream, you know, and I realized this in high school, you know, I really thought was thinking differently and approached life in a bit of a different way. And so I didn't fit in with the normal way of thinking. And so when I went to art school, I was like, oh, wow, there's other people that think like me. (laughs) (laughs) So it was just really beautiful experience too, to be fully immersed, you know, and surrounded by other creative people and must have given you, I guess, a boost of confidence as well, right? In terms of finding others like you and offering some form of acceptance and then a bit of like boost to be like, oh, no, I can express and I should express. (laughs) Yep, definitely. It was an incredible experience. And so following your studies, was it I'm all in on being a full-time artist? Because, you know, sometimes that's (laughs) a bit scary or maybe people in society say to us that that's not necessarily something that is always obtainable for people like how did how did you find that did you face any barriers did people put you off from doing it was that what you wanted (laughs) to do (laughs) so when I finished my studies I did three-year course and I came out and I was like yes I'm gonna be an artist Uh, and so I was you know in my shed at the time making all these paintings and figuring it out and I did that for about six months and then I realized that I had no idea how to make money out of art I had no Mm -hmm. idea about marketing and business side which is really crucial because yeah you know you're selling a product which is your art Uh, and so that's really important to have the business skills and the marketing and also I just, I didn't really have enough confidence in myself or didn't really know what my style was. And so, yeah, six months after that kind of playing around, I just went off into the corporate world and, and you know, got some full-time work. And I was just doing art on the side as a hobby and slowly working out my style. And I had a like a group exhibition with a couple of friends that were artists. So we, you know, we just started to build that art career up and just figuring out what my style was. Mm. Um, so that was a really interesting kind of process to go through. And then through working in the corporate world, I actually learnt the business skills that I needed uh, to back up my art practice to become full-time. And so... When I made the plunge to stop working in the corporate world, I had this moment where I realised, what am I doing? This is not for me. (laughs) This is not right for me. And I'm not actually utilising the gifts that I've been given in my life uh, in a positive way. You know, I'm just too creative to be sitting in a white square cubicle being silent (laughs) (laughs) you know I just had this realization and and so it's it's not you know it's some people love that and it's great for them but for me personally that is not you know supporting my gifts which Mm -hmm. is to be 
really creative and sharing that with the world. So, yeah, that was a beautiful moment to realise that. And then I just decided to fully dive into it and commit to it. And so I took some time off and I found this incredible art studio in this big warehouse full of other artists uh, in Sydney. And I just used to go there every day and I, and I was working out, you know, what was my style mm-hmm. and how could I combine the things that I'm good at in the corporate world, like there was elements of that job that I loved and that I was good at, how can I combine those skills with my passion for the arts? Mm. And so I realised, you know, the combination of how I could use my gifts to become a full-time artist and get paid for it. Mm. Well, that's often, I imagine, one of the greatest challenges for artists. And, you know, like you said, you went through all that study in terms of art and people don't probably get the business side of it or the education on that business side of it. I mean, I hope now maybe when people are studying art, there should almost be a module that's like... I agree. <laughs> if you want to go and do this, yes. there's a bit like you need to understand some business principles yep. um, in order to, yeah, make it sustainable and not always be the kind of challenged artist who is perceived to be poor, etc financially yeah that struggling artist you know yeah. we just that's a I feel like that's a role that society portrays onto artists and then artists actually take it on mm-hmm. and say yeah I'm struggling but actually the real truth underneath that is just they're lacking skills in knowing how to market themselves or how to do different business elements you know so that that's what the biggest lesson that I learned when I was first starting out. Mm. And then you felt obviously more equipped based on that corporate experience to navigate the business side of art a bit more yeah. effectively and confidently. Yeah. And then I just, I learned as I went. So yep. I knew that I needed to learn more about marketing like that, you know, it was about eight years ago when, you know, some of the social media was just taking off. Like Instagram was just taking off when mm. I was starting. And so I just dedicated myself to learning, you know, the ins and outs of social media. And I used to look at other people's pages and do a lot of research and then work out what the trends are. And, and that's how I built up my portfolio. And, you know, we don't, you don't have to have a big following mm. to be a full-time artist that's the other side of it. So it's a, it's a bit of a balance with the social media, which I had to learn myself too. You know, I don't want to be bogged down in doing paperwork and social media and marketing and updating my website and emails. That takes up a lot of time, Yeah. you know. So for me, it's been a process of kind of streamlining that as much as I can. So I'm mostly making art. And then I'm doing some of the business stuff that needs to be done in order to, be, yeah, be maintain being a full-time artist. Both elements are important, like crucial in in making it happen. For me, the way that I run, you know, my it's a business essentially. Uh, the way that I practice my art, um, and I'm. And another factor is that I'm, I self-manage. So I don't have a gallery representing me at the moment. And so, 
yeah, I do, I do a bit of everything in the business, you know, and, and now that it's starting to expand, I can start building more of a team. But, you know, for the first eight years, I did everything myself pretty much. And it was a beautiful learning experience. And, and, you know, I found the elements of like where my weaknesses were and I could work on that or I could go and get some help with it. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, but it's good to learn those skills of like finding our weaknesses and doing it anyway and being self-motivating. Yeah, well, the best way you learn is is from doing and then you you may subsequently learn, actually, that's not the, the best use of my time. I would rather pay somebody to do that. And I think, yeah, it's, yep. a, it's a, a growing challenge that not just artists face, but, you know, businesses of all different sizes face when marketing takes up a lot of time. And, yep. you know, social media, it's something that has to be fueled fairly often. So yep. people want to spend their time on the things that they love, but now they're realizing, oh, well, I've got this beast that I need to, to fuel in order to make money from that thing yeah. that I'm really good at or I'm passionate about. Yeah. When it came yeah. to taking your art to festivals, was that something that you were doing from quite an early point in your career or was it something that came much later? Well, my first large art installation was actually for an, an art festival that was in the streets mm -hmm. of Sydney. So it was called the Beams Art Festival. And so I just applied for that and I got accepted. And that was my first large-scale art installation. And it was fully self-funded. Uh, they gave us $200 for the materials and, and what was every, it everything else I had to <laughs> you know kind of self-fund and I created a nine meter woven tunnel oh, wow. out of recycled t-shirt yarn so it was all knotted macrame knotting and it glowed in uv light cool so it was a a tunnel that you walked through and I learned a lot from it. I made lots <laughs> of mistakes and I also learned how to just get creative and problem solve uh, to, yeah, make it the best artwork that I could at that time, you know. So I was actually there 1am the night before it was due to be installed and we were doing a test run to set it up and I realised it was actually meant to be six metre tunnel. <laughs> and I realized that I had made a slight error in the design and I was there at 1am and what am I going to do? And I had one team member with me, one volunteer, uh, and we were trying to brainstorm like, what can we do? We've got to fix this, you know? And then another, another guy happened to be awake in the art studio <laughs> and he came over and he said, oh, I used to be an architect. All you need to do is stretch it out and make it longer and the diamond shapes, they just need to be stretched. And I was like, oh, of course. <laughs> so, yeah, we were there. I was there till 3 a.m. And I found a solution to it and it just uh, happened to be a nine-metre tunnel instead of six metres. <laughs> but it was it, it, uh, the way that it turned out was even more amazing. 
Oh, great. So sometimes the mistakes can be blessings. Mm. You know, sometimes they can just, yeah. So it was a beautiful project and that's where I started, you know, doing like uh, street festivals in the city. Yep. Uh, the local kind of community festivals. And then a couple of years ago, I decided that I wanted to contribute to some music festivals as well. So I started applying for the grants for the festivals as well. So, yeah. Were you a festival goer before taking your art to them or did your art bring you into this world? I wasn't really into music festivals before, but that Mm. was more just related to my life in general, I guess. Yeah. And then I, yeah, then I started to be interested. I heard about a, a couple of nice wholesome festivals like Confest, mm. and, which is a community-run festival. And I, so I applied and I said, I want to go to this and I want to make art there too. So I just decided to go along and make some art because I wanted to contribute to the community with the gifts that I've been given and share it. So that's how I kind of approached it so and it was beautiful experience oh nice yeah what was that experience how did it maybe shift your perspective or way of thinking in attending a festival like that were you quite taken back by this experience because sometimes when people first attend a festival they've never really been to anything like that if it's a multi-day camping event where you have Mm. this like huge sense of community So I just wonder, yeah, how did you feel that that changed you? If it did change you at all, it might not have. Yep. Yeah. Were there any kind of thoughts or feelings that felt really strong after experiencing something like that for the first time? It was an incredible experience. I learned so much from it and I got so much out of it. And it has like quite a different energy to it when I'm making art because I really want to be there and I want to contribute to the community and you know like for example the grant that I received was you know for the materials and I wasn't getting paid for my time and so for me it's all about intention Mm -hmm. and I wanted to give this as a gift to the community and so it has quite a different feel to it compared to a commission, you know, in a shopping centre, for example, where I get paid for all of my time and I pay, you know, my team and things like that. So it's quite a different energy to it. And then I had some beautiful friends at the time who came and volunteered their time to help me build it. And then just lots of beautiful uh, moments evolved that you can't plan for or imagine. And that was really nice. So, for example, you know, we were running a little bit behind on the day. We were madly trying to finish it. And so one of my friends said, I'm just going to go and ask if people want to come and help. And Mm -hmm. so she went up around and rounded up five volunteers, you know, and they all came and they were so excited to be part of the artwork and, And then it just came together like that because we had more hands and the energy as well. The energy Mm. of people coming to contribute because they want to is really beautiful too. So I always have a volunteer element in all of my projects because there's something special about 
when people are volunteering their own time, you know, like from their heart, they really want to be a part of it. It's a very different energy compared to needing money and then, you know, wanting this experience too, but the exchange is money. So, yeah, that's one thing that I've realised and, and the festivals really showed me that as well, which was beautiful. Yeah, well, they are. They're just such collaborative spaces, uh, as, especially if we're thinking about more of the multi-day camping music art festivals. And I think they... I personally love to call them melting pots of magic and creativity and innovation. And yeah, it opens people up in a different way. So there might have been somebody who has never really engaged in art before Mm. who may have gone, oh my goodness, like I've just been asked if I can help out this artist. Like I have this sense of wanting to give And then they've gone and done it. And that could inspire them to be like, oh, my goodness, I was kind of like part of that piece of art. What could I maybe create and get other people to help Mm. me to create? And it's this ripple effect and, like you say, an energy exchange. And we just don't know how far that ripple effect flows. Yeah, for sure. And I've had some feedback from people that came to work for me that were really inspired after to actually follow their own creative calling. And that, oh, that. just makes me so happy <laughs> because, yeah, that's all I hope for is to inspire other people, you know, to really tap into their own creativity. And that's another reason why I love having volunteers on the team because, yeah, they, they really get something out of it and I give back as much as I can and I love encouraging people. And I just love seeing people being creative you know Mm. and a lot of people these days have you know big creative blocks and they feel like they can't even start because they're so scared or the the, of failing or making a mistake and you know we have this massive inner inner critics in our minds that sometimes stop us from even starting something and so you know I've been running art workshops for the whole yeah the eight years since I've gone full time and yeah it's just beautiful to see that you know encourage being able to encourage people just to start and then it it activates their creativity again and they feel like they can actually do more so Mm. it's really beautiful it's often the hardest thing is starting because there's nothing there it's you face that bigger barrier and your critic is bigger but then once you get going I know prime example doing this podcast man when I I'd sat on the idea for so long and then <laughs> once I actually started, I was like, oh, I've done it and it it feeds your inner confidence. And yeah. you're like, oh, actually that wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. So it then makes the next step in the process a lot easier and then you start to realise you have that flow-on effect of confidence. So yeah, it is, it's, sure. about, it's about making the bold moves earlier on in a project yeah, and then yeah. everything else has this like wonderful knock-on effect. I'm not saying that you don't ever hit hurdles later down a project. That can definitely happen, but yeah. it's easier to overcome. When I look back, that was, I thought that was going to be so hard and I kind of made it look easy. So yeah. I can do this <laughs> and you like have that, that yeah. switch in narrative. Are there any other... Yeah. I guess, yeah, maybe tips that you have for people who might be feeling creatively blocked at the moment? Yes. The biggest thing that I love encouraging 
is to just start. So get some art materials and just play. Like let go of the outcome and use it as an exercise just to play with the materials. Just start uh, and focus on quieting the mind. So quietening that inner critic that starts saying, oh, this is terrible. What are you doing? Give up now. Just notice it and push through that and just continue. And what happens is we start, that's how we start getting in the creative flow is when we just, when we're making and we're creating mm. and we're playing and we, and if we come with like a childlike kind of attitude, you know, like a, they, kids are just incredible, right? They love trying new things and they, they're really present in the moment. And if they don't like something, they just drop it. They put it aside and then they start something new, you know. And so if we take that on as, you know, this childlike energy, when we start new things, then, you know, if we can keep in, in the present moment, that's when the creativity starts flowing, mm. you know. And then so even for myself, I get creative blocks still, even though I'm a full-time artist. So I do exactly the same thing. If I'm feeling stuck, I will go and get some paints and a paper and I will just start doodling and playing around. And then I, and sometimes it looks shit, it looks terrible, but that doesn't matter because it's not about, I, I don't need to put that on my social media or on my wall. It's just a, like a process for me to let go and to just to start getting in the flow. And then, you know, the beautiful thing is that often when I'm, you know, starting, then I'm like, oh, I just had this idea. I can do this and this. So I just get a new piece of paper and then I start flowing and creative ideas come. And then that's when I can, you know, my mind quietens and I start feeling really calm and peaceful and I get in the flow and then time melts away, you know, and that, mm, that is such does. a beautiful process. So, and there's lots of different ways to be creative. It doesn't have to be art. It doesn't have to be painting or drawing or sculpture. There's lots of ways to be creative, you know. Uh, this is just one example. And so, yeah, I just would really encourage people just to, to try something new, bring a friend, do a workshop, a class, an online video if you need you know, support with that or guidance or if you want to learn some new skills and tools or techniques uh, or you can just start and just play. That's yeah. the most important thing. <laughs> yeah, play is yeah. is super important. And, yeah, when you were just talking then, what sprung to mind was it's just really important to enjoy the process and not always be focused on the outcome. And I think what you were saying about sure. specifically relating to art, it doesn't matter if that piece is maybe crap. It doesn't always have to have a, a purpose. It doesn't need to, like you say, go on your socials or whatever it might be. It's about the process and, and acknowledging I'm doing this for the process. I'm not doing this for the final piece of art that I'm actually going to make. Cool if it looks great. Doesn't matter if it looks crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's what I 
show in my workshops. I have uh, art expression sessions that I do with people that are feeling really stuck and they're not confident to do it on their own. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we just focus on the process. You know, we just play. And it's so beautiful to see at the end of the workshop how people's mindsets have changed just mm. in, a, in a couple of hours, you know. And they're like, wow, you know, I can't believe I did that. And, and yeah, so it's a beautiful process if we actually allow ourselves and, and we just have to start, you know, we just have to take the plunge. Now, I fully align with you on that. And I'm all about encouraging people to live more creative lives. And, and I like creativity is just curiosity. It's being curious yeah. to try things, to learn, to, you know, it could be cooking. Like you say, it doesn't have to yeah. be like the traditional sense of art in the way people think. It, it could be, yeah, cooking, moving your body. All of that is a yep. form of expression and yeah. like yep. just doing something to express. And, and when you do hit that flow state, it is like magic because it's weird how time va- really weird how time vanishes oh, and then you're kind incredible. of like you're kind of like where did it where did it go but you kind of <laughs> want more of it so yeah. it's, this, it's, it's a very addictive yep. hours um, go state. by <laughs> when I'm in the creative flow hours go by and it's so beautiful to allow that space and time for myself just yeah to to be fully in the flow because that's what charges my soul. Mm. You know, that that's where I feel fulfilled and I'm I'm fully expressing myself. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm. <laughs> I'm curious. So when it comes to festivals, do you change the type of work that you're doing and the type of creations that you are developing or do you have like a consistent thread that works through all of your work? What's your I guess creative pr- approach? For the music festivals, I love to create art that's more nature-based and I I do my best to use materials from the land of where the actual festival is. Nice. So a lot of my festival art is with nature and it really depends on how long it needs to stay there, if I need to pull it apart. There's lots of factors. If I'm going to burn it, so for example, I went to Burning Seed Music Festival and I made a giant five-metre bird sculpture that, with the intention to burn it. Mm-hmm. And so that was built in a different way, you know, and we used as much recycled materials as we could, but we just had a focus on building it quick because we were literally going to burn it, you know, the next day. And then we used, you know, natural uh, sticks and and branches from around the property where it was suitable to take those where they were in excess. And so that, yeah, that's a really important element for me. It also depends on how much time I have to build the artwork, (laughs) which is a big factor. So if I've only got two days, I have to work out you know, how I'm going to make that in a quick, you know, fairly quick way and how big my team is. And uh, I plan out as much as I can, but some artworks I just arrive and I just need to create everything there on the spot, which is a beautiful challenge. And yeah, I love it. (laughs) 
And then there's some other festivals where I'll take pre-made artworks there and just install them, you know. So uh, recently I just went to a small a gathering run by some friends of mine called Tribe Ascension and I just took some, like I had all these beautiful leaf, organic leaf shapes that were cut out and they were all out of recycled materials left over from other artworks that I made mm. and I love repurposing artworks and so I took all of them along and I just suspended all of these leaf shapes you know around the festival and they you know shimmered and glittered in the day and then at night time they completely changed and all the lights were flashing so yeah it just really depends on the festival and how much time and and yeah just what ideas that I have that fit in with the festival theme so do you ever want to communicate or convey a certain message with your art or is it more just a release and expression of what you're feeling and thinking and it's just open for others to interpret because artists can be quite different in in how they approach Mm. things and and what they want to achieve I guess with their art Mm. yeah I love having a really beautiful meaning and purpose behind each artwork and so when I create festival art I love to invite the users to be part of the artwork, to have an interactive element to it. So, for example, I created an art installation for Earth Frequency Music Festival earlier this year and I used the leaf shapes that I was just talking about and it was called the Illuminated Forest And so it was all about, you know, Mother Nature, how the the forest, you know, illuminates at night in its own way. And so we had, you know, lights making the artwork glow at night. And then during the day, I had all of these CDs that I'd cut out the leaf shapes as well. And so they shimmered in the light. And then I left some pens hanging on the tree. There was hundreds of leaves hanging under the tree, the little artworks. And so people, I invited people to write messages to Mother Nature about how they wanted to, you know, make a change or look after Mother Nature more and, and, or if they wanted to write a message. And so it was really beautiful to come back and see all of these beautiful messages on 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 all the leaves, oh, and so love it. you know, and and my hope with that artwork was to make people think about their impact on Mother Nature and how we can look after it, you know. And so, yeah, so I love putting messages, making people think about you know different things in their life, and hopefully be inspired to make change or just to think about things in a new way Mm. or even just to see the beauty you know that's what I that's what I make I'm creating more beauty in the world through art and color and expression Mm. and there can you know be very reflective moments for people at festivals where often you are in nature where maybe not everybody dedicates time to nature and that's mm. the kind of one time where they're immersed by it. And it does, yeah. it, it has a has a neurological 
uh, impact on you being in nature. So it's always going to change the way you think. So it's a prime time and opportunity to, yeah, encourage people to maybe rewire some neurons, set some intentions and pave their own path potentially in a different way or maybe just make a bigger commitment or remind themselves about something which is really beautiful what have what have been some of your I'm sure there's loads don't I often ask this and I never know whether artists can actually do it but have you got any (laughs) favorite pieces of work or ones that you're just super proud of I'm sure you're proud of all of your work but are there any (laughs) standout ones that you're like for sure yeah my recent spiral sculpture is my biggest and best work I'm very proud of it and it stands four meters tall and wide and it's made out of steel and I welded it all myself which was an incredible challenge that I wanted to I just wanted to do it. I just wanted to prove that I could do it as a female and I wanted to just improve my skills and, yeah. So I had a beautiful sponsors and a mentor that uh, was, you know, showing me all the tricks and tips of uh, how to weld in such a big form because I'd only welded small before, small scale. Mm-hmm. And so through that experience of having this incredible mentor, I was able to weld this whole sculpture myself and it was showcased at the Swell Sculpture Festival last year in the Gold Coast and I was actually honoured to be featured on the main catalogue and on the marketing material and <laughs> on Ooh, bus stops. Go girl. So that was, yeah, that was an incredible experience to be part of and just to be, yeah, showcased my artwork like that. And I'm really proud of that artwork. It's my biggest and best work yet. And I can't wait for it to find its new home where it will be loved and appreciated and the portal energy can be shared with lots of people. So that's, I can feel it's just around the corner. <laughs> so does this mean you are going to be doing more exploration in steel in the future? Yes, I would love to do some more large-scale public artworks. That's where I'm leading into. And I really loved the challenge of using steel it is very challenging it's heavy and hard work but if I feel like using that material again it's just such a versatile material in terms of creating public artwork that lasts Mm -hmm. and so yeah I would love to I'd love to make some more nice on that that's obviously a challenge working with steel what have been some of the other challenges that you have faced throughout your journey, whether that is with materials, whether it's barriers that you face, what have those challenges been? Well, a recent one, <laughs> a recent challenge was that I actually cracked my rib on one of the sculptures Ouch. that I was building. Oof. And so I had to actually rest and I wasn't able to make any artwork for about three months 
that was a very big challenge. Mm, it bet. really made me appreciate my body and how much I love building and using my hands. But it also gave me just a beautiful opportunity to have a proper break because I've been, yeah, going pretty, pretty consistent and um, yeah, full time for eight years working, working my little butt off, you know, making it work and just had incredible commissions and, you know, really inspired to make lots of art. So it was a very productive time and it was beautiful to also be able to rest. But that certainly was a big challenge. I had to say no to some art commissions that I really wanted to be a part of because I needed to rest. So, yeah, I guess being more careful, although I am very big on safety, um, accidents do happen. But, uh, yeah, where possible, I can do my best to avoid them. And, yeah, but um, I'm only human, so I yeah. just had to – it was a process of acceptance – and I just uh, kind of adapted my uh, art practice to be making like, you know, small painting and drawing and, and I went into my poetry side and I, I started playing more music. So I actually just uh, wasn't, you know, stopping my creativity. I was just exploring other ways to express myself. Um, while my body was healing and I couldn't physically make artworks. So that was beautiful. Mm. Well, you obviously understand the importance of expression and how much you need that in, you know, whatever form it may come in. Yep. And so it's about surrendering but also adapting and, yeah, giving yourself that space but also allowing yourself that space to explore new things, which is fantastic and not feeling boxed in in having to do a certain thing or beating yourself up on having to say no to things, you know? Yeah. And, you know, that's a really important aspect for me is that I, I don't, I don't believe in having to just do one thing, Mm -hmm. you know, where I'm like, Oh, I just do red landscape paintings because if something happens or if, you know, yeah, if you just stick to, if you just stick to one medium and one subject matter then it's not very expansive Mm -hmm. you know you kind of put yourself in a box and people like oh she just does this whereas for me I just love doing lots of different things and now that's what I'm actually known for and I get bored easy (laughs) (laughs) so I just love trying new things and expanding my skill set and I still have a style that comes through but I think that's really important not to put yourself in a box and so yeah the process recently where I could just change the mediums that I was using and 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 you know it still aligns with my style and my practice Mm. I think it's really good advice because even Mm. out of context from art a lot of people get paralyzed by options mm. and having too many options. And they're like, I've got too many options. I don't know what to do. And it's like, why are you telling yourself that you can only do one thing? You're allowed to do multiple things. It's like, 
I like multiple genres of music. I'm not just going to yep. tell myself I listen to one genre of music. Yeah. I like to do exercise in different ways. I'm not just going to do one thing, which could be running. And it's kind of strange why we so often confine ourselves or tell ourselves, oh, if I'm going to pursue something, I've got to focus on one thing and do it well. Because otherwise, if I try to do too many things, I might fail at everything. Yeah. And it's just... Is this weird I don't know if it comes or where it comes from in society but yeah. it, it seems like something that comes up quite a bit in that people are yeah paralyzed by options whereas me personally in my career and work and life I do lots of different things like sound healing yes. festivals coaching yep. it's like and that lights me up I like having that variety and not yes. saying that variety works for everyone but I think a lot of the time People don't allow themselves the possibility to consider what if I could do multiple things and it's all yep. these different things that, that light me up in different ways. For sure. And I think it's a really important aspect of being a full-time artist is actually having multiple income streams. Mm -hmm. And I think COVID really highlighted this for me because I had started to create all of my art based around people and events. And so when COVID happened, all, I lost all of my work overnight, basically. I yep. had, you know, like three or four commissions lined up. I had all these art workshops that I was going to run. All of them got cancelled overnight. And so it gave me this beautiful opportunity to actually reflect on, okay, how can I set myself up as a full-time artist where I can have different income streams coming in so that if anything happens like that again I've got different things to to back up back me up and it's not just putting all my eggs in one basket and oh if I don't get this job oh now I've got no money what am I going to do I'm a struggling artist and so it's so important that we move away from that and so now I have different things that I have set up so I do I do workshops in person but I've also got online workshops that I'm recording now so that people can access them anytime and that's passive income mm -hmm. you know I I create it once and then it can be used and so I'm and I've got um, ebooks that I've written and I've got art prints that I sell of beautiful sculpt uh, photos of my sculptures that I've created. And so this, these options just give me more of uh, a variety of how I can receive income in different ways. And it's kind of sitting in the background as well. Mm. So I don't need to, you know, build a sculpture and then sell the sculpture and market it and sell it it's it, it's a different way of thinking and you know there's a quite a few people in the art scene that talk about how important it is uh, to have multiple income streams and just multiple options you know and sometimes I need a break from making sculptures for example for your rib but I still need to I still need to make money <laughs> yeah well that's you it know? you know you so never know what might can, happen yeah so and because I am you know, adaptive and open in my skill set and what I do, then I can say, oh, well, I'm actually just going to do something completely different. I'm going to go and, you know, 
go off and do this or I'm going to teach kids workshops in a school or I'm going to do an art installation, you know, working with um, a particular community group and we're going to create this together, you know. And so, yeah, I love just having that mindset. It's really helped me. Uh, it also helped me maintain being a full-time artist mm-hmm. because I've got different skills and different areas that I work in. And just it's just different options, you know. Yeah. It's, it's a really beautiful thing to have and I think it's really important. Smart art. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm just going just gonna to label that smart art. <laughs> Coin in it if nobody else yeah. has taken it already. Curious to know, with the business side of art and, and thinking about remuneration, has it ever tainted your practice at all because I find this a curious thing to understand from artists whether sometimes it takes away from the love of it because you're making it into a business that's a great question and for myself I only take on commissions that I truly love that I truly want to do so that it comes from my heart and that I can keep that passion. So, you know, I did lots of kind of fabrication, you know, kind of jobs where someone would give me a design, I would make it in the beginning of my, you know, when I was starting out because I, yeah, I needed the experience and I, and I needed to pay my rent and my art studio and materials and life, you know. And so that they gave me a really good experience and understanding to know that, yes, when I take on a commission, I, it needs to come from my heart. I need to really be 100% committed. And then it's easy because mm-hmm. once I'm committed to it, I want to do it. I'm not just doing it for money or doing it for, for someone else has asked me to do it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. It's all about the intention for me. And so that's been um, quite a big shift in, yeah, being a full-time artist. And now I attract clients that love my style and they trust that I'm going to deliver something beautiful because they can see from my portfolio that I've done it over and over again. And so then now I'm only working with clients that give me full creative direction. So that I can, you know, still meet their brief, you know, or their ideas. They're like, okay, I want a sculpture for this corner of my house. Um, I'd like it in brass. And they know my style and they know that I already work in brass, you know. So that's the kind of framework for me. And then they're like, and then I can create, you know, the design. I can be an artist. I can let my creativity flow. I can work with them and we can come up with something that works for both of us. And so now I find incredible clients that love my style and, yeah, give me full creative direction. And so then I can, yeah, do it from my heart because I want to. And so a lot of people do ask me that actually. So it's, it's a really interesting point. And for me, I just, when I do have those moments where I'm 
like, oh, this is feeling more like a job and I have to do it. I just go back to like tuning in with why am I doing this? What is my intention? And for me, I know that I have been given this incredible gift uh, of being able to create beautiful art and I love inspiring others to be and encouraging others to be more creative even if it's just by looking at my art that inspires them and they're my key you know factors that drive me to do what I do and there's one more that I forgot to mention which is bringing people together in community through my art that's also really important for me and I've realized that that's something that I'm good at and I love leading a team I've got a project management background from my corporate world and that was one skill that I was talking about before Mm. that I love I love doing I love managing projects I'm good at it and now I can do it for my art and I can bring people together in community through that and so yeah those that's my drive that's my why and so when I'm doubting my like a doubting why am I doing this you know oh my goodness this is a bit stressful or if I feel overwhelmed or if I'm tired or un, uninspired I go back to my why yeah and I take a break I actually just take a it can be just a small break but I take a break and I go and do something else I love and I recharge and then I come back to the project or the commission or whatever it is and I check in with my intention and then I just find that things shift and I'm like, yes, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love so that's that. My, that's my process, yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think, yeah, intention, knowing your purpose and being able to go back to that is so key to keep you on the path that is going to mm. serve you well and, and, you know, fill your cup and light you up. Yeah, because that's what matters in the end, you know, especially for me, I'm following my passion. And so if it's not lighting me up, I'm like, why am I doing this? Yeah. That's my biggest question, mm. you know, and it's for me, it's not good to do something just for money. Like, yes, we need money to live in society, but we can also... Money is just one currency. It's just one exchange. And so actually shifting that mindset around money has helped me a lot uh, to expand in my, you know, my thinking of mm. how, I, how I interact with things. And so for me, it's like I said before, it's more important for me to do it from my heart because I really want to. If that's not there, I I will say no to the job. You mentioned you've obviously had a mentor for the welding of recent. Yep. And you found the teachers that you had when you were studying were super inspirational. Have you had any other forms of mentors or key people of influence or that have influenced your journey or shifting of those mindsets and things like that or has it all been self-taught learning through watching videos or yeah what's that what's that process been or who have those people been I've definitely had lots of people that have mentored me inspired me over the years uh, in all different aspects so you know business side Mm -hmm. I've had people 
helping me with understanding marketing. I've learnt off them, coming giving me perspective on you know what I'm putting out there. Uh, I've had other artists that I've gone to work for to gain experience or have volunteered to go and help them because I wanted to understand how they work and, and hear their journey and get inspiration from them and then ask them to be my mentor, you know. So I've had a nice. number of people over the years and uh, or I've just found artists and I've said, can you mentor me? Can I ask you questions? How are you doing that, you know? Yeah. And, and often, you know, some people say no and that's okay. They're not willing to share the knowledge, but other people will say yes. You know, and so, yeah, there's been, it's hard to pinpoint particular people <laughs> uh, because, yeah, there's been lots over the years. Uh, and so, but I'm also very driven myself. I love just learning new skills and finding new ways and, yeah. Do you have a long-term vision or goal that you're going after or are you just, you know, flowing with life and and taking every day as it comes I don't have a long-term vision as such but I love setting like short-term goals or sometimes I'll you know make a decision like oh okay next I want to make this yeah and that's my you know and I have a vision for it and and then an opportunity comes you know, so sometimes I see the the vision and then I'm like, yes, I make a decision and then I set my intention that I want to create that and I, you know, manifest it basically. I, and then a client comes along and says, oh, I want to make this. I'm like, oh, I was just thinking about that I wanted to do that. So, yeah, I definitely have lots of short-term goals that I or visions that I artworks that I want to create at the moment I have been taking a little break and what I can see coming up for myself next that I'm really loving is to create more land art Mm. so going onto people's properties and creating art from the materials that are on the land so more nature-based materials. Uh, that's something that I'm really interested in at the moment. And I'd like to offer some more online courses to help people with creative blocks and to start, you know, just to what we were talking about before, like how to, how yeah. to start, just to share like tools and little techniques that I've learned along the way. And like I, I also run a like a vision board workshop as well, helping people uh, work out what their passions are and what they want to expand in creatively, or just what they want to manifest in their life. And and um, I just share how I do that for myself. Mm. So there's a few. Oh, I know. I have lots of ideas that I want to do. <laughs> I also want to create some really beautiful like affirmation card deck with yep. the with the spiral portals that I've been building over the last eight years. And so I've got some beautiful photographs and so I'd love to create like a little 
a little card deck to share with people. Nice. Um, Love it. That's um, small scale, not four metres. <laughs> yeah. Don't think anyone can <laughs> shuffle four metre cards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I always have lots and lots of ideas and the challenging part is to actually sit down and choose them, <laughs> choose which I'm going to do, yep. what I'm going to do first. Uh, but yeah, once I do that, then yeah, I'm pretty motivated to yeah follow through with it. So well, I have no doubt that wherever you place your intention, the energy will flow and it will culminate in whatever you desire, and will be very creative and enjoyable for yourself and for others. Oh, thank you. Are there any pieces of advice? You've offered lots already during this podcast, but are there any, um, I don't know, yeah, poignant questions that you want to pose to the audience or any pieces of advice that you would like to leave people with while you've got the mic? Yes. I think one of the biggest things that I love encouraging is to really just... Find your passion and find what what feeds your soul creatively and do that. It doesn't have to be full-time. It can just be a hobby. But I guess the thing that I've learned is that it's so important for us to be able to express ourselves through creativity. And so if we can find the way that suits us or the way that, you know, one of our gifts or one thing that we're drawn to. It doesn't have to be art. It can be music, it can be dancing, it can be poetry, writing, um, creating incredible, you know, food art, <laughs> cooking, you know. There's so many different ways that we can express our creativity. And I think it's really important to, to find creative outlets that really feed our soul and if you want to make it full time (laughs) I also encourage that too and another tip that I would have is just to don't give up just Mm. just start you know start whatever it is that feeds your soul you don't have to quit your job and stop everything And then, you know, put a lot of pressure on yourself uh, because that can, you know, lead us to, you know, fail or disappointment if it doesn't work out. So if you're going to pursue, you know, your creative outlet full time, I recommend building it up first. You know, it's about being smart about it. And we all have bills to pay. (laughs) Mm, There's that smart art again. (laughs) (laughs) And the other thing that I would love to mention is that there are no limits. Like anything that you can imagine, you can do. And I am living proof of that because there was many times where I had a dream about something that I wanted to do and I couldn't find you know, the, the, the opportunity. And so I just created it myself. I created my own opportunities. 
So a quick example of that is when I wanted to, I had a dream of doing an art residency in Berlin and I had my heart set on this. I just really wanted to, to, to make this happen. And I contacted all the galleries in Berlin and no one got back to me. There was no, nothing kind of um, came my way in terms of an opportunity to do an art residency. So I just created my own art residency and I found uh, this incredible you know, venue where they let me come and make art and then I, when I was in Berlin then I found this other art run space and I, and I went and asked her, I said, can I have an exhibition in two weeks' time to showcase <laughs> the art I'm making? And she said, yeah, let's do it. And so I had a solo show. Epic. From the artwork. And so it's just an example of, of you know, something that I, I had a dream and I just had to get creative in how I made that dream happen. And so anything is possible. And you don't have to go to, uh, and study visual art to be an artist, you know. You don't have to sit there painting in your studio, you know, all day, every day to be an artist. There's lots of different ways to do things. There's so many opportunities out there. And I, if we just expand our mind to be open to those, that's when the magic happens. Fully, so fully my, agree. Yeah, that's my biggest piece of advice that, you, yeah, you can do anything you want if you set, set your mind to it and follow your heart. Yeah, and I think festivals are a really good reminder of that because they're yep. literally blank canvases yep. where people create this town for a few days where everybody comes, everybody gets to enjoy themselves try new things, meet new people. And yeah, it's that openness and showing you, hey, if you've got an idea, you can make it happen. You've just yes. got to put yourself out there, tell others about it as well, like find people to collaborate with or even yes. just to place commitment on your dream you know like share it with other people and say hey I want to do this because I think yes. that also feeds the energy in the sense of oh, I've not just written this in a book and I've told myself I'm going to do it because that's really easy to like push to the side there's a real power in sharing with other people and saying this is my intention or I've got this idea I want to share it because honestly nine times out of ten Somebody you speak to is going to be like, great idea. Have you thought about doing X, Y, Z? Or do you know so-and-so-so? I can connect you to that person. Yes. And then it becomes this like snowball effect. And again, that's where that confidence comes is people are like, oh my God, this person's going to help me or they've told me about this. And then you're like, oh, this is something. And it, it yep. fosters that energy even more. Yes, I totally agree with you. And it's also just really important to get support. Mm. Yeah. Like, and, you know, we can create community around what we're doing. We don't have to do it alone and we don't have to figure it all out from scratch ourselves, you know. There's so many resources out there. There's people who have already, you know, worked out what not to do and then they, they're sharing, you know, the skills and the tools and techniques on how to, you know, create more opportunities or do things better and 
I've I've um I've had a lot of mentors as well where I've reached out and learnt new skills, you know. So we don't have to do it alone. That mm. is definitely something that I'm very passionate about as well. Epic. Well, I feel like we've covered lots of arty ground and <laughs> inspiring ground and it's been very educational and insightful. Is there anything else you would like to share whilst you've got the mic? The only thing that I would encourage is to dream big and follow your heart, stay creative and, yeah, keep following your dreams. Anything is possible. (laughs) Amazing, amazing. Well, if anybody wants to connect with you, we will post all your website and socials and things like that in the show notes is there a channel that is best for for people to get in touch with you like do you have a preferred medium if somebody does want to reach out um i'm not fussy on how people want to connect uh instagram is a great uh portfolio and platform uh to connect with people so that's a really beautiful way yeah but uh, I'm not fussy on that one. <laughs> great, great. Well, thank you so much for finding the time to chat. It took us a while to get this one in place, <laughs> but we finally managed to do it. And I'm just really grateful for yeah, sharing your journey, your insights and all the learnings that you've had along the way. I find you super inspiring and I love the creative energy that you exude so yeah I just want to say a big thank you for coming on and sharing because sharing is caring and I'm sure it will inspire many others to get creative oh thank you so much I'm I'm just so honored to be able to share my journey and yeah I hope that it inspires others as well amazing well that's a wrap thank you Thanks for tuning in to Creative Connectors. Hopefully you enjoyed the chat. If so, please subscribe, share with friends, support the community and tune into the next one.